Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today we are celebrating Independence Day with a message from Pastor CJ called Hear the Bell Ring. Today we can praise God that we are able to live in a free country and also for the freedom that we have in Him. Happy Fourth of July. We hope you enjoy this message. I mean, oh, God is good. Even though we're going through situations, that's the great God we have. You know, I, uh, I can tell you this. Uh, in my heart, we are sorrowful. We're saddened, obviously, but we have hope of knowing that God is in control. We've set this service up to be a joyful time, and we're going to celebrate here a moment um, to honor our country because we're going to do a mixture of it, and obviously things kind of change with Crystal being gone. But I want you to... Uh, Check this out. In a moment, we're going to pray for our country, but I want you to see this video. One nation under God. A nation forged on the sacrifice of pilgrims, pioneers, and patriots. Men and women who trusted God, who knew creation much to offer, and who believed in something bigger than themselves. A nation grown strong through the vision of inventors, idealists, and innovators. We've given humanity wings, even sent them to the moon. been afraid to roll up our sleeves and do the hard work. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And above all, we thank God for our Christian foundation, the strength of our nation, and the many blessings He has bestowed upon our sweet land of liberty. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God bless America. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand one more time as we honor our country in prayer this morning? Come on. Father, this morning we lift up our country. We thank you for our nation. We thank you for our president and all the cabinets, Lord, beneath him. We ask, God, that you will guide them, direct them, and lead them, give them wisdom and protection. We pray, God, for the men and women that are also right now on the battlefields fighting for our freedom. Lord, we do not take it lightly, the freedom for the people that shed their blood for us, Lord, given their lives for us so that we can boldly profess and proclaim the freedom and liberty that we have in this great nation. I thank you for the service men and women that may be in this service today that have given of their time, their energy, their sacrificing of their family, Lord God, that they have also fought for our freedom. May they feel honored and special today knowing that, God, they were a part of giving us the freedom that we have today. We thank 
thank you, Father, for this great nation. You say in your word, if thy people will humble themselves and seek thy face and turn from their wicked ways, you will heal our land. Let us be a church. Let us be a lighthouse that will lead the way, Lord God, of leading people to others and leading people to, to know the freedom that we have through you and through the people and men and women that have laid down their lives. We thank you for this great nation. Bless it, and may we love one another the way you have intended us to be. We thank you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Now let's give the Lord praise. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. God is so good. Thank you. And once again, I want to say thank you for all your support. Uh, once again, for all what's going on. I will say this. At the end of service, we're going to do something very special. Uh, we do this once a year. If you notice, if you're a visitor here today, we do not take up a lot of offerings for special needs or for things of our church. We always just do it from our general. But today, we have 20 kids that would like to go to camp. Some are not signed up to go to camp because they don't have the resources to go to camp. But it's that with them signing up that gives us 20 kids that want to go to camp. But because they don't have the resources to go to camp, uh, they're limited to go to camp. So today, at the end of service, we're going to ask, there'll be a plate back there. Uh, we're going to ask if you can contribute anything for camp scholarships to uh, give towards camp and write the check out to Adventure Church. And once we get enough money we'll be able to distribute to the kids that are going. My goal is, Andy, to be honest with you, my goal is to be able to send every kid at no expense, that we take care of it all. And so we had a quite a large donation that came in uh, last week of uh, uh, towards kids in camp, and, but we still are a little short. So if you would uh, help out, that would greatly, greatly be appreciated. Amen? Amen. Enough of the commercials. Take out your sermon notes. I'm going to try to get through this and get done. We are in a severe storm warning right now. They are moving the kids in, and so that was Lisa that told me. Uh, but hopefully we will be able to ride horses, and they are out there. The Clydesdales or whatever kind of horses they are are out there, and they're taking the buggies, and it was great when I went outside to see how it is. The parking lot, if you saw the parking lot, it's absolutely packed all the way to the back, all over my, my driveway and my grass in my yard all over. Uh, it's fun to see what God is doing. Even though we're not all out here, they're all out there. And so they're having fun and we're in here, but we're still having fun, right? And so praise the Lord. But thank you for those that contribute. If you have your notes up, I want to talk about today, hear the bell ring. Some time ago, Cheryl and I, and I took our kids, we went on a vacation and we went to Philadelphia. And one of the stops that we went to was obviously to go see the Liberty Bell. I don't know about you, if you've ever seen the Liberty Bell, it's quite fascinating. Once you walk up to it and see it and, 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 and see the history, what's behind there and so on, it really does move you in your spirit. It really makes you appreciate our country, our freedom. You look at the bell and you think, wow, the crack that's in it, and you can kind of see it on there. Well, if you do not know, the Liberty Bell is inscribed. There are certain things that are inscribed on the Liberty Bell, and it reads these words, the Lord's design. That you, uh, excuse me, on the wrong side of the page. Uh, the Liberty Bell says this: the words that are ascribed proclaim liberty throughout all the land until all inhabitants therefore thereof. And so it says, proclaim liberty to all the inhabitants thereof. And so our role as believers or as, as countrymen is to bring liberty to the captive, to bring liberty to our country, to our nation, to the people around us. And so I don't know about you, but some time ago I was a camp, I used to have, uh, be a camp director, and we were at a camp in Oklahoma. 
And while we were in Oklahoma, it was so cool. Uh, they had a big dinner bell. And it was so cool because the, the bell would ring three times a day, breakfast, dinner, and uh, uh, lunch and dinner. And it was so cool. We'd ring the bell. But we would pick three kids each day to ring the bell for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And each kid had their different ring. And one kid would ring it rapidly. And man, it would ring all through the camp. And man, it would go crazy. And as soon as those kids heard that bell, that gave them what? Hey, it's time to eat. And you would see kids running from all over, whether they're on the softball field, in the pool, in the basketball courts, wherever they were, they would come running. And they would come in single file. And they'd get in line, get ready to eat. And then another kid would just ring it one. Boom. You're like, stop it. Right? Then another kid will bring it. Ding, 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 ding. But each time you could always tell there was a, a symbol or a rhythm or, or a, a sound that got to your ears about it's time to eat. When you think of the Liberty Bell, let the bell ring or hear the bell ring. It's a ringing of the freedom. Ringing of freedom that's in our hearts that God, thank you for the freedom that I have today in our country. I don't know about you, but freedom isn't really free. Freedom means the sacrifices of many men and women that went before us who sacrificed their lives so that you and I can be free. And because of the sacrifices of that, they have laid down their lives, they have shed their blood, and they've given themselves for you and I today that we can sit here today and worship the Lord. But there's some fun facts I'd like to share with you, and you have them on your sermon notes if you'd like to take them out. And I'm going to go real quickly. Some fun facts I thought was kind of cool about 4th of July. In uh, 2.5 million, the established, the estimated population of the newly independent nation was in 1776. That was 2.5 million. But look at that independent nation today, the population of what it is now. 3 million, uh, 329 million is the estimated population of the United States today. Wow, what a, what a great increase of population or freedom of people today from 2.5 million to 3 million, 329 million that God is bringing freedom to our country. And if you are any man or woman that gets sacrificed and gave your life and we're in type of a service or Marines, Air Force, Navy, uh, uh, Army, whatever it may be, thank you for your sacrifice, for your service, for your willingness to go for our, our freedom today. But I thought about this. It was kind of cool. The top three patriotic figures. Have you ever thought about this? the top three patriotic figures that maybe you know. The first one that's the most popular patriotic figure is this, George Washington. George Washington, 42% of the uh, people know that he's the most popular figure in the uh, uh, patriotic thing. Second thing is Uncle Sam, 34%. Another one is Abraham Lincoln, 18%. But I thought this was pretty cool, and you have this on your notes. Uh, top symbols of patriotism. The top symbols of patriotism is this, the American flag, 64%. I don't know about you, but some time ago, Cheryl and I, last Christmas, we went to the Chicago Museum, the Museum of Science and Industry. Have any of you ever been there before? Well, we went to the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and we went there at Christmas time. And it was so cool, they had all the collaborations of every Christmas tree from around the world. Every country, they had their Christmas tree there. They had China, they had Japan, they had Norway, they had Sweden, they had every country there. And so we went, and we seen all the different trees, but when we finally approached the United States Christmas tree, it really brought up those emotions. And first of all, it really brought up the emotions, number one, that was our tree. That's our tree. 
I mean, I remember when I went to the Super Bowl and uh, my team was there and it was the Green Bay Packers. And walking on that field or walking on that into the stadium there in Dallas, it gave me such goosebumps like that is my team, my Packers, man. And it happens we won that game. But it was such a great feeling. But walking up to that tree and seeing that tree, here's what it looked like. It had all kinds of flags strategically placed all through the tree. And then it had bulbs of different country, uh, different things like they had presidents on a bulb. They had different uh, things, symbolism on these uh, ornaments, and it just made you feel proud. But what really stood out was the flag, the flag that they had all over the tree. And I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to be biased, but the United States of America's flag is beautiful. I love it. Come on. Isn't that right? I absolutely love our flag and what it stands for, the 50 stars and the different states for different countries and all these different things that it represents. It really is moving to see our thing. But another thing, I don't know about you, but the another top symbols of patriotism, the Arlington National Cemetery. How many have ever been there before? I'll tell you one thing. If you're looking for a great vacation spot, you say, well, why go to a cemetery? It's not your ordinary cemetery. It is a place, man, where symbolism, where history is all through that place. When you walk into that place, you go to the, the, the soldiers of the unknown tomb. You can walk there and you go and you watch them put a reef on there every hour. You watch the soldier march back and forth. You see Joe Lewis is there. Uh, John F. J.F. Kennedy is there. And all these different things. But here's the cool thing. All through the cemetery, you hear gun salutes going off. You see uh, horses uh, pulling a, a, a hearse, uh, not pulling a hearse, but caskets and so on and so forth, going to their different sites. There's music, there's horns, there's trumpets being played all through the place. It's so exhilarating, so honoring, man, to see what they do for some of you, uh, for the soldiers and so on. It's the great place. So if you're looking for a great place to go for vacation, go to the Arlington National Cemetery. It's great. But also the Statue of Liberty. I mean, you've been to the Statue of Liberty. Uh, man, that's a great place. We, we had an opportunity to go there. They now close the torch. You can't go up into the torch anymore, but you you can go into the crown, and if you've been there, which people don't know, there's a stair that you go up, but the stair is like you're walking inside a straw. So picture yourself walking in a straw. When you're going up this way, they're coming down that way, and the stairs are only about three inches wide. So when you're walking up 10 or how many stories high it is, you're walking basically on three inches of steps, so you're tiptoeing to go up, and you're walking like this, and the time you get up there, you almost feel dizzy because you're walking up a corkscrew, and uh, you can hear people going down as you're going up. And finally, when you get up there, you, you look out through the crown and you see the beautiful view and all the, uh, uh, the, the ports going on there and all the ships that are there and things that are happening, the barges that are there. It's a symbol of freedom. But people always wonder, why is the color green? Well, actually, it's copper. And if you know anything about copper, copper, what it does, it erodes. And that's what's happening with the Statue of Liberty. What happens is copper and the, the, the seawater gets on there and it erodes it and that's turned it to the color that it is. And if you take two pennies, I'm a coin collector, if you take two pennies, you put them together from the oil of your skin, it'll make your, uh, the uh, penny erode. And so that's the same way with the Statue of Liberty. And so another thing is this, the Liberty Bell. 
How many of you collect coins? If you notice, the Liberty Bell is a symbol on many, many different coins. The bicentennial coin that came out. They have the Liberty Bell as one of the symbols that are on the bicentennial coin. The, the Liberty Bell is a symbol of freedom. Let freedom ring. But I thought this was kind of cool too. Fun facts. I'm just trying to lead into where I'm going to this minute. But top three patriotic foods. A lot. Of, have you ever thought about this? What is the top three patriotic foods? A lot of people would probably say hot dogs, amen? How many would say hot dogs? Maybe it's a top patriotic food. Maybe someone would say hamburgers. How many would say hamburgers? Maybe even brats. But here is the top patriotic food during 4th of July. And I, I couldn't believe it when I looked this up and saw this myself. But the top patriotic food during 4th of July is apple pie. How many got that one? You knew that? You lie. Well, you knew better than I did. Hot dogs were 40%. Hamburgers, only 6%. But apple pie, 51%. Check that out. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Wow. But what does patriotism mean? Patriotism means many different things. But this is on your notes. Number one is this, loving your country unconditionally. Loving your country. That God... I don't like a lot of things that go on. I don't know about you, but I can get very frustrated by things I hear, things I see. I get very, very frustrated. Trust me. I don't talk politics from the platform because that's not the place to talk. The platform is politics. But just because I don't talk about politics doesn't mean that I don't care. I'm just like you. I'm patriotic just like you, and I care about our country. And a lot of people sometimes wonder, Pastor, you never talk about politics. Well, I believe that the pulpit is only talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Somebody say amen. I'm not here to divide the house. I'm here to lift up the house, and that's the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen, right? And so what I find to be true is this. I hear about things, and I see things, and I don't appreciate things, and I don't love things that I'm seeing, hearing, and experiencing in our country. But one thing I will do, no matter what's going on in our country, I'm always going to love our country. I'm going to always stand for our country. I'm always going to uh, be thankful of our country. I've traveled along in many, many different places and many different countries. My wife and I, one year we put on over 100,000 miles. We traveled to a lot of different countries. And I'm here to tell you, folks, listen, we are a blessed nation. And don't take your freedom and your liberties for granted. We are blessed beyond blessed. Somebody say amen, right? I love this. Accepting all people for who they are. One thing is loving and accepting people for who they are. Helping your fellow man. Serving your country through the military. Thank you for men and women who have served in the military, who have given their sacrifice and their lives for us. Thank you for all those that have done that. Pursuing the American dream. Serving your country through public service. Thank you for those I know that there are people in the first service that, man, did things in the government and did have their different offices, and I want to say thank you for all that. But one of the greatest things, though, is in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, he speaks about something different. After all, we are a church, and the church stands for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And because of the life that he laid down for us, we have freedom. How many are so grateful for that? We have freedom, maybe not physically or tangibly like we do here in our country for the men and women that laid down their lives, but we have freedom spiritually emotionally and mentally. We have freedom to worship a God who's given his life to us. We have freedom to love and to honor him, and if we honor and love him, he loves us back. We have that freedom. But Isaiah is commissioned, 
And how many of you know that God has called the church to rise up and do the Great Commission? That God doesn't want us to call to just to sit on our blessed assurance, but he wants us to do something great for him. But Isaiah had a dream, and I want you to hear this dream. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, what Isaiah is saying, that God's presence, God's anointing, God's Spirit is resting upon me. The unction of the Holy Spirit or present is here to strengthen me, to comfort me, to guide me, to lead me throughout life. And how many of you know that you are the temple of God and that God's Spirit lives in you? He lives in you, through you, and out of you. God's Spirit lives in you. But it's not just to live in you for just your sake. It's for the sake of others. And what Isaiah is saying, you can either use Use it or lose it. And Isaiah said, this is my vision. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And a lot of people, when you say that word anointed, they say, well, he's getting churchy. No, anointing means empowered me, strengthened me, enabled me to do what he's called me to do. I wanted to let you know, how many have ever said this? I'm not qualified. I'm not adequate to do this. I'm not capable of doing this. Because you are fearful and not adequate or this or that, what do you do? You usually bow out of it right? Or you make excuses of why you can't come or why you can't go. is because you don't feel adequate enough to do it, so you make excuses not to show up. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not able. God will never lead you or direct you if he's not going to equip you. God will always equip you to what he's calling you to do. He's not going to leave you empty-handed. God always prepares you for what he calls you to do. So if God is calling you to do something, that means he's going to enable you, even though you may not feel qualified or equipped to do what God is calling you to do. If God can use a donkey, can he use you? And God used the donkey to speak, to say, don't cross over that. God can use you. All God wants you to do is open your mouth and he will fill it. And that's what God wants you to do. So he says this. So he said, he has anointed me. So what am I supposed to do with what he has given me? You know, the Bible says that we can be hearers of the word. We can all hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But when our faith is edified, I don't know about you, if you don't let out that air out of the balloon and you keep blowing up the balloon, eventually what's going to happen, it's going to pop, correct? And what happens is your outlet, your outlet of the spirit of God is to do the work of the Lord. So when you do the work of the Lord, God uses you, and as God uses you, he pours more. But God can't pour more because there's no more room to pour if you don't use what he's given you. So he says, listen, I'm putting the anointing, the power, the ability, the giftings in your life, but the question is, are you using them? You see, God says, I'm going to pour, but I can't pour no more if you're not going to use what I give you. You got it? So watch what he says. So here's what Isaiah says. He's upon me. He's anointed me. He's equipped me to do what? To proclaim good news to the poor. So the first thing that Isaiah is saying is that, God, you're equipping me, you're preparing me to bring good news to the poor. 
What is the good news? The good news is the word of God, that Jesus came to some, come to set the captives free, that God died for your sins, that God can heal you, that God can provide for you. Anything that the Lord can do from the word is the good news, the good news of what Jesus has done in your life. One of the greatest things that you can do for people is tell people about your testimony. People don't want to know how much you care. They want to know, I mean, know how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And it's the same thing with God. How much do you care? How much does God care about you? Your testimony is bringing good news to people. And what happens is you tell them what God did for you. What happens is it encourages them, hey, if he can do it for you, and I know you personally, he can do it for me because God is not a respecter of person. So he says, listen, he said to bring uh, good news to the poor. But then he says this, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. What did he say? I come to heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds, right? He said, how many of you know someone that's got a broken heart? I know right now, my emotions are running high. I've been on the phone with many people. I just got an email yesterday from a guy named Brian from Gracie, uh, Pastor Crystal's daughter that went to the pool yesterday. And while she was at the pool, she ran into this lady. And Gracie told this lady about her situation. And the lady told her, I said, I bet you you have red hair and you had your freckles, Gracie. She said to this lady, uh, the lady said to Gracie, and I said, I bet you get picked on. And Gracie said, yeah. She said, well, so did I. And guess what? Her name also was Gracie. And guess what? Her hair was red. And she also had freckles. This lady was so moved by Gracie that guess what? She was so consumed with Gracie that not only was she moved, she got on the fun me thing and she found out who this Gracie was and she wrote this beautiful letter. And at the funeral, if, when I speak it, I'm going to read this letter. And this lady said in this email, wherever that funeral is, I got again see this girl, Gracie. I'm going to tell you, you heal the brokenhearted. You never know that you may come into Gracie's in your life. There may be people in your life that God has equipped you to speak to, to talk to, to help and to enhance. We don't have to sit back on our blessed assurance. We're a church that needs to rise up and be a lighthouse to the community, to be hope to the hopeless. And Isaiah said, God, you've anointed me to bring hope to the brokenhearted. But watch this. Since we're talking about 4th of July, freedom, let freedom ring, to proclaim freedom to the captive and release from the doctors the prisoners. If you have your notes, you can see, what does it mean, captive? Captive means this. It means to be held back. Maybe you know someone that's being held back held back from their dreams, their future, their hopes, maybe because they're caught up in substance, maybe they're in habits and things are hang-ups, just like why we have Celebrate Recovery, to get them out of their hang-ups, habits, and, and situations of life so they can walk forward into their future. Maybe you know people that are held back. Maybe you know people that are being delayed in what God really has for them, and God has the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but they're never able to obtain it because they're being captive or held back. Maybe you are the one that God is calling to bring the, the answer or the good news to. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. Maybe God has called you to be the one that's got the feet and being beautiful to bring the good news to those that are captive. But it also says this, being captive means to be being held back, being under bondage or control. You know, how many of you know, I don't know about you, but man, substance or whatever can control you. It can dictate you. It can make you do things you don't want to do. Sometimes we need to be that one that brings help and brings aid to the one that's being confined or controlled by maybe a substance or abuse. God is 
called you, equipped you. I remember the day when I was in my situations of life. It was someone that brought the good news to me that brought me to where I am today. You know what? You can be a spark that can bring a blaze to someone's life. You'll never know if you never try. If you don't open your mouth and ask God to use you, God can never use you. But if you open your mouth, maybe, just maybe, you can be the one that can set the captive free. You know, I don't know about you, but it says this. To set the captive free, to bring bondage, also a lack of freedom. I don't know about you, but my kids always buy their their kids, my grandbabies. They, my kids always buy my grandbabies zoo passes, and they buy zoo passes for their grand my grandbabies every year. And they go to the Minnesota Zoo. And so Cheryl and I, we usually end up going to the Minnesota Zoo maybe once or twice every year. And one of the sad things, I love the animals, and they, they're great, and, man, they're fun. You know, we all laugh at the monkeys, and we get intimidated by the lions or the tigers and all these kind of things, and, you know, all the things that happen at a zoo. But one of the things that really kind of saddens my heart is if you ever see the tigers, they're in a cage, and they do this. They're just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And after a while, you watch it, you get bored with it. But can you imagine their life? That's what Christians are or unbelievers are without the hope of Christ. They're walking back and forth aimlessly without hope within them. People always say, Pastor, why do people do some of the things that they do? It's because they have no direction, hope, or purpose in life. They're caught in a cage. They can only go to what they're confined to. And so if they're confined to that space and only know that space, that's where they're going to live. That's where they're going to inhabit that. That's where they're going to put up tents at. But God has called us to go and proclaim good news to the captive, to see the captive free. The Lord desires that you have freedom to choose this day who you will serve. You ever think about that? Choose this day who you will serve. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. You can love one or hate the other. You can't serve two masters. A blind man can't leave a blind man because what? They'll both fall off a cliff. If you're serving two masters, you're going to be in a tug of war. You're going to end up being a stretch Armstrong. In other words, you, maybe you can help that person come out of that pit of serving two masters. Maybe you can help them cross over on the other side and maybe find the life that God truly has for them. I don't know about you the other day, my grandkids were at my, my cabin, and I always come and I put my, my cabin keys. I, I got a certain place. How many got key places where you hang your keys at? You know what I'm talking about? You hook your keys right, right by the door. Mine are right by the door. And my grandkids got a hold of one of my keys, and one of the keys they got a hold of was my garage door. And, man, I, told, I couldn't find it ever. I'm looking all over for my key. And I'm like, where in the world? And I'm frustrated. And I'm thinking about, I'm going to have to pick the lock. I'm thinking about having to break in a window. And I'm thinking all these scenarios of how I'm going to get into my garage because I had to get some things from my, from my garage. And I, I'm like getting frustrated. And I'm like, what in the world? Who touched my keys? And I didn't. I didn't, Papa. I didn't. I'm, I didn't. Nobody confessed up to it. I mean, you know, that's always the case, right? And so finally, I knew somebody had to do it because I'm walking down the steps, and lo and behold, thank you, Jesus, I saw this white spot because I always put big keychains on it so they're visible and not, you know. And so I'm walking down the steps of my cabin there, and right here to the left, lo and behold, it fell in the grass with a big white keychain was my key. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I was able to do? Obviously, unlock and go into the garage. But you know what? That's what happens with people 
People are frustrated because they can't get out. And you are the key. You're the key that can open the lock to their lives and bring hope to them. The Bible says in Daniel, how beautiful are those that bring good news. But he says in Daniel that those that win star, star, uh, souls will shine like the stars forevermore. So in other words, what he's saying, if you take it or make it a habit to win souls to the Lord, you're going to shine like the stars forevermore. I don't know about you, but that'd be great if we all look like Milky Way. Can you imagine? I'm not talking the candy bar. I'm talking the stars. That we all will have so many stars that we all look like the Milky Way. That we have so many people that we led to Jesus and we get to heaven, our sky is going to be full like the Milky Way. Wow, check that out, right? But you're the key that maybe can unlock someone's life. You see, the Lord desires that. In John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36, he says this. Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, any if everyone who sins... Now watch what he says, who sins is a slave to sin. When you think about a slave, it means confinement. It means imprisonment. It means, man, cooped up. It means held back. How many of you know maybe a sinner? How many of you maybe know someone that's not a believer? Our role or our mission as a church is to go to those who are neat. If you read the story about Peter and Jesus, and Peter got upset at Jesus. He got upset at Jesus because Jesus challenged Peter three times. And how many of you know sometimes you don't like to be pinned up against the wall? You get me up against the wall, I'm going to come out swinging. You ever have said that before? You back me up against the wall, I'm going to come out swinging. Don't be, don't be getting in my space, right? People sometimes get nervous with me because I have to get real close to you when I first meet you. So if you're a visitor here today and if I get close in your space, it's only because I can't hear you, all right? My bad ear is my left ear. So if you want me to hear me, always pay attention to my right ear, all right? So sometimes I'll get in your bubble. It's only because I can't hear you. But can you imagine? Jesus got in Peter's face. And what Jesus did, he said, Peter, do you love me? Let me ask you, do you love Jesus? Come on, do we love Jesus? Right. Then feed my sheep. Action speaks louder than words. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. You see, that's why he says in Matthew 28, how beautiful, he says this, then go and make disciples baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. So why would Jesus, his very last words before he ascended to heaven, say go and make disciples? Because that's what's dear to his heart. So here in earlier chapters before he says that, in the middle of the book he's talking to Peter. So he didn't say Peter one time. Rachel, he goes to him, Peter! Do you love me? Well, God, I just told you. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Starting to sink in. Now he's back Peter up against the wall. Three strikes, you're out. Peter, now what, God? Have you ever said that? Do you love me? God, I told you already. Sometimes we got thick skulls. 
feed my sheep. Peter was what? He got indignant. Sometimes God needs to remind us of what we're all about. That we don't just receive, but we're also to give. But when we think about giving, we always think about maybe material things. But the greatest thing that you can give is the gift of freedom, which comes through Christ Jesus. And God has called us to do this. And he says, listen, he says, to the slave. now verse 35, now a slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs in it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Wow. God says to Isaiah in a dream, go to the brokenhearted and the poor and set the captives free. God says to us in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20, to go and make disciples. But he doesn't just leave it there. He says, then, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Acts 1.8, he said, I will give you power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do what? To go into Jerusalem, Judea, and preach and proclaim the good news. So what God is saying, he's saying to the church, here we are today at 4th of July celebrating freedom. But yet around us, are we really free? We know people who are not free. We have servicemen and women that every day are enlisting in whatever military service or branch there is. And they're going and they're serving, they're signing the dotted line, and they're serving and they're giving their lives for us. But we have people in our job places, in our grocery stores, at the gas station, that are confined like the tiger. And God says three times, go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. Why? So that they also can be free. I love that. So that we can be free. Sin can control you, hold you back, and keep you from your promises of God. You know why a lot of people are angry, upset, and mad in life? Because they're being forfeited from the promises, the promises that God has. Ephesians, I love it, 3.20. He's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can even fathom, imagine, or even ask. That's our God, that God desires to do abundant things to us and for us. Can you imagine the people that are being forfeited from that? Sometimes I wonder, God, am I being selfish? And when I mean being selfish, God, do I want to just obtain all the blessings just for me? Or do I want to distribute them? Do I want to be able to help others? The Bible says in Acts 20, it's better to give than it is to receive. And our role this time in our lives and every day is that we should be kingdom seekers. We should be keys to the captive. We should be hope to the hopeless. We should be a cup of cold water to the thirsty. That's what we are all about. Have you ever noticed why God says that we are the salt of the earth? Have you ever noticed why he uses the illustration salt? The reason why he uses salt is because what does salt do? It makes you thirsty. 
And when people get around you, let me ask you, are you salty enough that they're thirsty enough for God? That's the thing that God wants to know. Are you salty enough so that the people around you are thirsty enough for your God? And that's what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to say, listen, let's get out of our blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Why do you think we do the adventure ranch and we do all these crazy things? You think it's just to get me? You think it's, it's to bring people in that are out there on the streets. And if you go outside, when I was out there, there were so many new people out there that I didn't even recognize. But that's the bait to bring the people in to get them to Jesus. Somebody say amen. And what kind of bait are you projecting? What kind of bait are you to your neighbor, to your friend, to the people around you? Are they biting on you? Are they nibbling? If they're not nibbling, if they're not biting, then maybe you need to question your bait. Maybe you need to question who you are, where you are with God. Maybe the temperature in my life is cold right now, and I'm lukewarm, and God's going to spool me out of my mouth, his mouth. I want to be boiling hot for God. You see what I'm saying? I love this, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and Andrew, go ahead. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It was kind of fun today. I said wedding, baby shower. I was calling those things as though they were in the first service. But it's actually a wedding shower. And so through all the rain and all the things that were going on outside, there were people bringing in wedding shower gifts. And every time you see a gift, and come on, let's all admit, every time you see a gift, you think to yourself, is that for me? Come on. How many remember the Christmas days when you see the big tree and you see the big presents under the tree? That one's mine. Right? Come on. You guys are being all by a bunch of sinners. You know it's true. But you get excited when you see a gift. You know what? You are a gift. A gift to release. A gift to open. A gift to give. And that gift doesn't cost you nothing, but it costs him much. You hear that? It didn't cost you nothing, but it cost him much. You didn't go to Target. You didn't go to Walmart. You didn't go to Macy's. You didn't go to all these stores. It didn't cost you anything, but it cost him much. But you can give out what he paid for. How many ever like giving out other people's gifts? Hey, that's cool. They gave me $20. I can give back to somebody else. Hey, I like that. Same with God. It cost him everything but you nothing to give somebody a gift. And when someone gets a gift, they get excited. But here's the gift, gift of eternal life. So you say, well, Pastor, I'm jumping way down. How can I maintain my freedom? How can I maintain my freedom, number one? Keep your relationship right with God. It all starts with there. Keep, keep your relationship with light. Stand up for what is right in our country. Stand up for what's right. Vote each year for who God puts on your heart. Don't go by popular vote, by all what everybody else is doing. You do by convictions of your heart. That's what voting is all about. I like this one. Pray for the leaders in your office. Pray for them. Maybe don't talk about them, but pray for them. Ask God for his will to be done. God, your will, 
your will to be done. So I challenge to you, every time I see you, is to challenge you, encourage you, inspire you. My challenge to you is today, find a lock. Find a lock or so that needs to be opened. I want to inspire you to remind you God is the equipper when he calls you. And I want to encourage you that you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Go do it. Will you stand with us today? We're going to go out on this song. And don't forget the offering plate in the back to help kids go to camp. Thank you today. God bless you. I'm sorry about all the discombobulations today and the rain and everything else. But God bless you. Let's go out of this song and make sure you drop your offering in there. God bless you. message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for your generous gift.